This is On Target, a look at politics, crime, education, what's happening in Newfoundland and Labrador with the people who know. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your On Target host, Linda Swain. <laughs> Greg, is it cold enough for you? No, no, you like it nice and really cold, do you? I know everybody in Newfoundland and Labrador now listening to us talking is saying, St. John's minus eight, Brian just gave out on uh, in the newscast there, minus eight. But, you know, it is cold for this area, but not cold for a lot of areas. And I know uh, there's been some really um, deep dives in the mercury in recent uh, hours in places like Badger, of course. Badger is usually the cold spot on the island. Uh, in around Buckins and that, uh, also quite cold. And um, Labrador of course, all in the minus 30s or so. Uh, So those are some pretty bitterly cold temperatures. And of course, I grew up in Montreal where it also gets bitterly cold. It's down in a valley. And of course, we all know that the cold air likes to settle in those lower elevations. So um, I can remember some really bitterly cold days and stretches, as a matter of fact, in the Montreal area. And uh, uh, we used to get things like uh, ice crystal warnings. And I know people on the northern peninsula, uh, perhaps even Badger and the people in Labrador will know what that is, an ice crystal warning. It is really different. And uh, I know that feeling of the air like freezing in your nose your nose sticking together and all that sort of stuff and your eyelashes freezing and all that fun stuff anyway uh try to stay warm and if you're keeping your home heated and you're trying to use some alternate uh, alternative alternate ways of heating just be careful will you um because it's oftentimes when people are trying to um thaw out their pipes for instance those kinds of things where you could run into a little bit of trouble and you end up having to call the fine folks at your local fire department so just be careful out there and if you're outside and you feel the cold there are warnings of course when it comes to a wind chill and and temperatures and that sort of thing the flesh can freeze pretty quickly and you don't want to get a frostbite on your nose or your cheeks or anywhere else um and you know when we're talking about these kind of temperatures greg summer feels so far away doesn't it i mean we're all thinking about warmer climbs and perhaps a trip down south or whatever the case may be but summer feels far far away but for tourism operators uh this is a busy time they're planning for the summer tourism season ahead you know they don't let the uh grass grow under their feet so to speak so many special places to see and enjoy throughout newfoundland and labrador and i gotta say high on my bucket list is battle harbor uh in the straits southeast coast of labrador the battle harbor historic trust of course has done and is continuing to do some pretty extraordinary work to preserve a very special and vital part of our collective history well my guest today on on target is the executive director of the battle harbor historic trust peter bull hello hi linda how are you i'm great thanks so much for joining us on the show today well, thank um, you for inviting me 
I was thinking about you because I noticed that the uh, we were talking about preparing for the tourism season, and Newfoundland and Labrador, of course, puts a big push on with those beautiful ads, and I noticed that Battle Harbor is uh, featured in some of those uh, ads. So um, what is the history of Battle Harbor? Because it goes a pretty far ways back. It goes a long, long, long way back. Uh, uh, I mean, really, you got to start back with the indigenous peoples that were there thousands of years ago. Uh, uh, we don't really tell that story much. We're trying to pick up more of it as, as we go along. But uh, uh, just as an example, uh, two summers ago, on the last day, we came across a piece of a, uh, a soapstone uh, seal oil lamp. And uh, we, we've been told it's probably about 1,500 years old. So, you know, the, the Inuit people, and uh, I believe they said that was Dorset Inuit, were probably those. So they've been, they've been there for a long, long time. But uh, for the most part, uh, uh, we we're telling the, the modern uh, saltfish fishery, uh, salt, Labrador saltfish uh, uh, fishery uh, for the area. But uh, prior to that even, uh, the, uh, the Bretons, Jacques Cartier and, and crew, were over in the area in the early 1500s, uh, and it was on maps as Ile d'Italie, excuse my French, uh, it means workshop. And then after that came the Basque, and the Basque uh, uh, had it called uh, uh, Batel, B-A-T-E-L, which was a small boat that they used for fishing. And there's a good chance that that could be where the, the name came from initially. Uh, then, uh, you know, in 1750s or so, the, the people were coming over fishing all the time, but then the slaves from uh, uh, Poole in England came over and started fishing, and that's really when the fisheries started taking off, uh, just exporting fish back and forth to uh, Europe from, from Battle Harbour. And by the 1830s, they, I guess they had enough of... Uh, infrastructure set up there that they'd leave 10 or 11 men behind and men are prone to do. They met up with the local Inuit ladies and families soon started happening and by 1850 there was a little settlement there called Battle Harbor and uh, you know it just went on then uh, through different iterations. They sold to Bain Johnson's and Bain Johnson sold to, that was in 1871 they sold to uh, Earl Freighting Company in uh, 1955, and by the moratorium, it's been transferred over to the trust, and that's when you start the modern-day uh, iteration of, of Battle Harbor. Uh, the Slades, is that the same Slades uh, set up in Twillingate Fogo area? It is, yeah. And so they had different fishing stations around, uh, uh, around Newfoundland and Labrador. And so that was just one of their more prosperous ones. And it had to do with the, all the, the French shore and all these things. And uh, uh, they weren't allowed to fish uh, uh, along the French shore, so they were going to Labrador and fishing. And uh, that was a very lucrative uh, fishery up there. So, yeah, it, it uh, obviously it played a very important role in the migratory and the salt fish trade. Oh, for sure. There, uh, in the late 1800s, uh, there was upwards, of, I've read upwards of 10,000 people leaving Newfoundland 
and going down there in the summers. There's certainly 4,000 to 10,000 people. And, you know, you'd have the the, uh, the stationers who would leave here and go down and set up a little station on shore and fish, fish out of that. And then you had uh, the floaters. Uh, my grandfather was a floater on a, the schooner Magic out of South Age in the 1920s. Uh, uh, and, you know, they'd go down for the summer and fish and uh, and come back. My grandfather, actually, they fished further north than Battle Harbor up in Grosswater Bay. And he had his 13th birthday and uh, on the schooner. And I've, I've met many people have told me that, like, that was a rite of passage. When you were 13, it was time to go go to Labrador. And, uh, and a lot of people like my grandfather and his cousins did that. And, of course, the history of the Kyle, of course, uh, used to go back and forth from Conception Bay North up to uh, up to the area. And I had family that fished in Square Islands just north of Battle Harbor. And so that whole area, yeah, it, it was a real place of, of, you know, it was the economic engine, really, when you think about it. It really drove uh, a lot of the fishery there, yeah. And it, it, it's really interesting because... You know, Battle Harbor is a, a resettled little island up in off Labrador. But we meet so many people who have a connection to there or, you know, the area because of their grandfathers or their grandmothers the, the going down there in the summers. The Conception Bay is, is uh, you know, with the Earls and, and these people. Uh, it's a big community of people who have ties to, to Battle Harbor. So I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, the Battle Harbor Historic Trust and what it does and all of those good things when we come back after the break. My guest today on On Target is Executive Director of the Battle Harbor Historic Trust, Peter Bull. We'll be back right after this. Join us for On Target, one hour in which Linda Swain examines topics that mean the most to you. On Target, weekday afternoons at 1 on your VOCM. Our guest today on On Target is the Executive Director of the Battle Harbor Historic Trust, Peter Bull. Uh, and we're talking about Battle Harbor. And uh, Peter, the, the community over the years has seen at least one pretty famous resident. One pretty famous resident? Yeah, I'm thinking Sir Wilfred Grenfell. Oh, that, yes. Well, we've had many, many. The number of stories there is, is really incredible. Grenfell, yeah, he had his first hospital there. But, you know, uh, Admiral Perry, when he went to the North Pole, he he, uh, he and Bob Bartlett pulled in there. And he had his press conference talking about being the first person in the North Pole going there, you know. But certainly Grenfell is probably the biggest one. You're right there. Uh uh, he came up in 1892 and had a look around and saw how desperate, truly desperate the conditions were, and came back the next year and uh, set up the first hospital, on to- uh, certainly uh, well outside of St. John's, really, in Newfoundland and Labrador. And uh, that was a, a building which was uh, donated by Bain Johnson's. And, uh, you know, the, it was from there then that uh, the, the Grenfell, the whole Grenfell mission and all the great things that it's done uh, started. Really, he transformed um, rural medicine. Really, in Newfoundland and Labrador, a hundred percent. And 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 his legacy goes on because uh, the International Grenfell Association. Uh, that, one of the things I came across over the years here now was that in 1920 he went on a drive to raise 1.4 million dollars, and for sure he did. I mean, you think that was 1920 he did that? So he was quite the uh, the, the person who could raise money. 
And that money goes on now with the International Grenfell Association and Battle Harbour Historic Trust has been lucky enough to avail of that money. And we have a, a new wharf there now and some roofs and, and things like that that were built because of the work Grenfell did 120 years ago, really. started, you know, so it's amazing, really. It is amazing. And, and Admiral Perry, I had no idea. Oh, yeah. So uh, after... Uh, he had been to the North Pole, whether or not you believe that or not. He, he pulled into Battle Harbor and Marconi down to uh, the New York Times and said, hey, I've been up to the North Pole. Do you want my story? Come to Battle Harbor. And so the them and the uh, uh, Washington Post, I believe, if they got out of a steamer and went to North Sydney and they said, no, this is not it. So they had to keep coming, right? They had to keep coming on up. And in the, the loft of the salt store is where he held his press conference. And the, the uh, journalists would write it all down and then run over to the Marconi operator. And this is in 1909 and tap it all out. And all this was sent down, and for for ten and big part of the story is there was controversy who got there first, him or Mr. Cook, Doctor Cook, and uh, so it was, it was much about discrediting the other fellows telling his own story. But to, to think that this all happened in uh, Battle Harbor, for like at that time, that was as big as going to the moon, first person to the North Pole. So it, the eyes of the world were on Battle Harbor, Labrador, for ten days and in 1909. And hence his interest in bringing uh, American journalists to Battle Harbor to tell his story first, I suppose. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, it, it, it just it, it, another one of those things that just works out great for us. You know, we still uh, have Arctic explorers come up and they're there because they know this is where Perry pulled in and had told a story. It's, it's, uh, Not a lot of photos, but, uh, you know, they're they're pretty impressive. It's amazing just to think about, you know, as somebody who was a a reporter in 1909 at the New York Times saying, yeah, I'll get aboard a steamer for Battle Harbor. That's just extraordinary when you think about it. I don't think they knew what they were in for when they went. (laughs) Could be a little bit of that going on there, too. So how did the historic trust come to be? Uh, a group of, I'll say, concerned citizens that the, the uh, Anglican Church, their uh, St. James the Apostle Church, uh, beautiful church, was in disrepair, falling down. And uh, they were, you know, a lot of people still had a lot of love for the building. So they formed the trust and then were able to get some funding through a COA and these things. And uh, this was in 1990. And they were able to save the church, church shore it up and, and get it all fixed up. And and because of that, actually, uh, we're having a wedding out in Battle Harbor this summer. So somebody's going to be getting married out there because they saved the church back in 1990. But then, uh, you know, that was the initiation of the trust. But then with the moratorium came on, uh, uh, July 2nd, 1992, uh, a gentleman, uh, Gordon Slade, his name is all over the place there, <laughs> but saw an opportunity. And uh, what they did, they transformed the, uh, the fishermen and, and, and people in the area who were laid off and took 26 of them and trained them to be restoration carpenters over the uh, over the winter. And then over the next seven years, they came in and... Uh, restored the buildings and the difference between restoration and uh, and renovations and that they took these buildings apart board by board 
and looked at them and measured them and put them back the way they were. So, you know, they didn't slap on vinyl cider or anything like that. Their buildings are built back the way they were built in the, uh, well, a long time ago. The pork store there actually uh, is about 240 years old. This is one of, if not the oldest built structure in Newfoundland and Labrador. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's truly an amazing uh, piece there. So the trust then went on from there and, and uh, it changed gears a bit and was trying to make money uh, through tourism. And it, 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 it was a struggle. I mean, initially there was no road to Mary's Harbor. And so you had to come in on boat, uh, you know, the Kyle or something like that. I don't know it's Kyle, but a coastal boat. And, uh, then uh, with the, uh, it went through another transformation there in around 2010, and the, I'll say the business model changed, and uh, it, it had to because uh, uh, it wasn't going to be able to be viable. So, uh, you know, the, the, the beautiful beds and meals and everything that are in Battle Harbor now are a function of the need to switch gears and make sure that the place stays there for everybody for a long, 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 long time, hopefully ever. And how did you get involved? Uh, well, I I went up for a weekend in 2013, and I'm still there. So, <laughs> I uh, I went up to write up a report during when that uh, initiation that that change was being made, and I stayed on and project managed that summer, and then uh, transferred over into executive director and been there for the last uh, 11 years and I, I'll say you know the first five years or so were a struggle trying to come out of it but Battle Harbor is really starting to come into its own now and uh, uh, it, it's it's, it's a, a joy to see the, the transformation and the uh, uh, its ability to sustain itself really. So obviously there was something there that struck you that caught you that pulled you in it's a, there's nowhere like this place, honestly. You know, uh, you go up for the summer, it's, uh, well, just it, it's as much as what's not there as what is there. You know, there are no cars, there's no street lights, there's no, no telephone poles, uh, there's no cell service. We do have Wi-Fi in, in one building, so you can communicate out like that. Uh, so it's dark and it's, it's you know, in, 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 in August month, it's, it's dark and, the, the people that I work with there, the staff are, are local people and uh, they're sweethearts to a person and, and I love working with them and hard workers and, and you know, really, it, well, it's their home and they, they're they proud of it and, and, and it shows in uh, their interactions with uh, with guests and, and come like that. And if you read any of the TripAdvisor reviews, they're, they're always top of mind for sure. Uh, but it's it's been... Uh, Seeing it become what it is is great. You know, it, 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 I'll say my goal is to get it recognized as a top destination in Canada because there's no, no doubt in my mind that it is. And anybody who's been there will tell you that it is. But just get it recognized as such on a, on a broader stage. You mentioned, you know, how um, sort of pared, pared down it is compared to our, our busy, busy lives with everything interfering and, and grabbing our attention, if you will, and distracting us in, in a lot of ways. But it seems to me like Battle Harbor is the kind of place where you get grounded, you get back to where you want to be, in other words. You know, I'll, I'll go to trade shows and that, and people say, so what do you do out there? And I tell them, you breathe. That's really, you know, it's there, there's plenty of stuff to do. We've got hikes and everything like that. But when you're there and your phone is not dinging and when you can't wake up and check your phone first thing in the morning, you know, it's 
you're uh, something I noticed last year, and I mean I've been there ten years. Uh, you're always when you're in a city, you're always doing that check to the left to make sure there's no car coming. Well, that leaves your body, and it's it's liberating, you know. So it's uh, it, it uh, the air is clear. I mean, <laughs> we don't we we don't have the best weather, but you know, last summer was lovely. I got to say, but it seemed like it was everywhere. But uh, it's like most of Newfoundland and Labrador, you don't go for the weather. But uh, the air is fresh, and uh, you know, all, all those things combined just just make it a, a really special place. It, it puts me in mind of, you know, there's a famous Newfoundland saying, dart over. I'm going to dart over, see you now in the minute, or I'm going to dart over to store, or I'm going to dart over here. And you, you think, you know, how, where did that come from? And when you think and, and see what goes on in Battle Harbor, where people are just taking these little paths from one building to another, uh, or down over the hill to the other building, uh, it starts to make sense. Yeah, uh it's it's a national historic site because of the uh, the fishing room down on the water, but it's also a national historic district because the town is laid out like the fishing outports of years gone by, you know, and and they were everywhere. But I, I remember you know going down to my uh, uh, grandmother's down in Pines Cove. It's not even on the map, unfortunately. It needs to be put back on there if any government person is listening. But uh, down by Flowers Cove, and you know it, it it takes you back to those times when you're just it's just a different different way of life you know it's uh, it is truly a, a step back and, and but but mentally it's not like it's but it's not the same as going somewhere like upper canada village where you're you're in a staged place because it's we're not putting it on this is the way it is out there and uh you know it it just uh it just heartens to a a, a different easier time where you would dart down to your grandmother's house uh, we we use the word authentic so uh, frequently now. It sounds inauthentic, but I I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, I've been to a lot of uh, historic type of places like Upper Canada Village, and nothing wrong with that. It's a lovely, lovely spot. I've been there a couple of times as a child and that sort of thing. But you're right. It's kind of staged. This is how it used to be. Here yeah. is how this kind of thing would would happen. And and the paint is gleaming, and the you know the 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 storyboards are there, and uh, you know, but it, it it's still has that kind of sanitized feel about it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I'm looking at a post-it note on my computer here right now, and I have Battle Harbor is, and the first word is authentic. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it is. It's truly an authentic, authentic place. Our guest today on On Target is the Executive Director of the Battle Harbor Historic Trust, Peter Bull. Uh, when we come back, Peter, I want to ask you a little bit about all the work that goes into preserving that as it is, because I imagine it takes a lot of work when we come back right after this. Nutrition, exercise, keeping the cold at bay. Whatever keeps you feeling great, the Wellness and Healthy Lifestyle Show on your VOCM. Our guest today on On Target is Executive Director of the Battle Harbor Historic Trust, Peter Bull. And uh, Peter, you mentioned um, the work that went into preserving these buildings, starting with the church uh, back in the early 1990s. How many buildings are preserved there? Uh, We have nine historic. De- nationally designated historic buildings out there, right? So, but, but we have 
uh, upwards to about 20 buildings that we have to look after there. And uh, we also have a, a visitor information center and a shed in Mary's Harbor. So uh, we've, we've got lots to look after. The, the, the thing, uh, you know, people always talk about this and everything in, well, Newfoundland and Labrador, it rusts and it rocks. And, uh, you know, so it's, you're never finished with the, with the maintenance and, and the upkeep. And that's what I was going to ask you. So what goes into the maintenance of those buildings? It must be pretty much a continual type of job. Yeah, it's, it, it's nonstop. But we, I mean, we had four really crackerjack carpenters there. Th- these were guys that uh, were there uh, when they did that restoration carpentry back in 92, you know, so these guys know it. And I'm always blown away, uh, you know, because, so say, uh, oh, the stairs, the st- that stairs needs to be replaced. And uh, I, I might go into Mary's Harbor and, and come back and it's done, right? Because these guys just know what they're doing. But uh, we, we get a, the, the, so getting it done is not the hard part. The, you know, the, the hard part is uh, finding funding to, uh, to 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 do to do the upkeep and we've been lucky in that uh uh we have really good uh uh relationship with well, the international Grenfell association who helped us build back that wharf so hopefully now another one won't have to be built for another 30 years and, and i i do think the guys built one back better than what was there before uh, but it's also ACOA and the provincial government, uh, and and also the Newfoundland and Labrador Heritage Foundation. They they provide funding to help put uh, cedar shingles on the roofs and buy paint and things like that. Um, and you mentioned these four crackerjack carpenters, uh, and and you said they've been there since the early nineties. Uh, are there opportunities for them to pass those skills on? You know. Uh, uh, Succession planning and and all this is, is one of the the, the big uh, uh, <laughs> things we're going to have to figure out in, in the coming years because uh, you know it, it, this is seasonal work and and these guys are just, I'm not going to say they're getting older but <laughs> we're all getting older uh, you know trying to find someone is it's not going to be easy but it's something that's high on our priority and it's not just for the those people it's it's across the board. Uh, you know the the town of Mary's Harbor, Southern Labrador, and that the uh, uh, most of the young people graduate and then they leave, and so the uh, the, the the workforce pool that's theirs is uh, is not very great. So we're, you know we're going to have to come up with some good plans to uh, replace these guys and and and, and importantly uh, capture the, their knowledge and and. Uh, so that you know the the standards are kept where they are now, and, and they don't get lax over the years, and you end up with uh, something less than what it is now. Absolutely, and it sort of speaks to the the successful history of Battle Harbor too. Uh, it wouldn't have been uh, such a, a a key part of the this area's uh, economy if it wasn't for the fact that people were passing down their skills. And and that's it for sure, you know, and. Uh, it, we employ, uh, I think it's going to be 17 people there this this summer, and, and you know it's seasonal work, but that's a lot of work in rural Newfoundland and Labrador, and and it, it means that these people can stay in their homes and 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 not have left the area, you know. So it's important to uh, 
to maintain it because it's an important part of well, it, Battle Harbour is an important part of uh, tourism in not just uh, southern Labrador but in Newfoundland and Labrador because you know the word is getting out that this is an amazing place you need to go to and so it's for example at uh, the, the Quebec market we're going to be doing a show and uh, the outdoor adventure show in Montreal now that the Labrador uh, highway is is paved and there's still a little bit on the Quebec side that needs to be paved but the amount of traffic that's coming through there down through Newfoundland and back doing a loop is is going to increase dramatically so you know making sure that uh, my, my hope is that we'll get busy enough that people will identify Battle Harbour as a you know, I can go and work there for the summer. And that's what, the people we have there, I want to hold them as long as I can. But, uh, you know, once once after that, we're just really going to have to figure out uh, where to get new staff because, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're, the interest is there and the, the guests are going to keep coming for sure. How do you get there? Well, uh, I, I was just listening to, to the ad uh for Newfoundland Power while we were on the break there and they used the term off the beaten path. Well, our our motto is there's off the beaten path and then there's this place. So, uh, you know, to, if, if you're coming from the island, uh, you, you go up the Great Northern Peninsula and, and, and uh, the same part, you'll catch the ferry there across to blanc blanc in the Quebec there. But then we're about a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour drive to Mary's Harbour. And from Mary's Harbour, you catch the... Uh, 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 our, our our passenger ferry uh, and comes out to the island, which is nine miles out the bay. So it's it's not the you know you're not jumping on a plane and landing in Miami and going to the hotels. <laughs> it's, it's but I tell you something, it's a lot more memorable than a trip to Miami for sure. But, yeah, you're not happening upon it. You're 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 no. choosing this as your destination. No. And, and, you know, this has been the Department of Tourism's motto for a long time. You know, there are no accidental tourists in Newfoundland and Labrador. Uh, I, I personally think there are no accidental tourists in Newfoundland and Labrador, but then once they get here, there is a lot of accidental things done. So, you know, my goal is to get people knowing about Battle Harbor. You're coming to Newfoundland and Labrador, you got to come to Battle Harbor. But then I mentioned earlier there the uh, the road through Quebec now. I mean, it's it's a long drive. Uh, something one I I hope to do in the near future. Do it once anyway. So you leave uh, Baycomo and come right on up to Lab City, and then across Labrador down to Battle Harbour, and then anybody doing that can continue on, then cross over to Newfoundland and go out Port of Bass or Argentia and, and do the loop that way. You uh, you, you can fly into Blanc uh, Blanc, uh, but uh, there's still a uh, a two-hour drive and limited uh, car rentals there and that too. So the, the, mo- most people, uh, uh, about uh, 30% of our people are from Newfoundland, about 30% are from Ontario. And people from Ontario, for the large part, fly into Deer Lake and then rent the car and drive, or they drive their own selves, you know. So that's that's, that's they're the main ways to, to, to get to Battle Harbour. Where do your guests typically come from? Uh, well, as I was saying, it's about uh, thirty, about thirty, thirty-five percent are from Ontario. Uh, COVID, uh, you know, COVID did a lot of bad things, but uh, I'll say for for Newfoundland, for Battle Harbour, it was uh, it wasn't too bad. We spent one summer fixing it all up, but then the next summer we really pushed the local market. 
and uh, locally in Newfoundland and Labrador. And we really, uh, a lot of people became aware of us and what a fantastic little destination we are. So, uh, you know, so we have about equal Ontario and, and Newfoundland. But last summer, we really saw an uptick in the number of people from Quebec and uh, talking to other tourism uh operations they that was across the province and i think it's a you know all you need to do is listen to the news how bad it is traveling with getting your luggage and all that i think a lot of people are seeing that uh if if i can stay in my own vehicle at least i have my own means and i'm not going to lose my luggage so i think for a while we're going to see that until the airline industry picks up uh we get about uh five percent we we get about 10 or 12 bus tours a year and uh the, the main one that comes is road scholars and that's mostly in americans uh, from all across the states and they're that's great uh, and then uh, we get about five percent from europe not not a whole lot but uh, we I, I know for a fact we are the type of place that uh, you know people from germany are looking for us just uh, we are that little bit out of the way i guess uh, do you find you mentioned off the beaten path and then there's Battle Harbor, but do you find that more people are looking for that kind of experience just to to get away to some of those open spaces that uh, many people crave? You mentioned Europe, of course, and, and the United States where, you know, some sometimes urban sprawl and, and just the, uh, that, um, uh, you know, concentration of, of population can be overwhelming. Oh, yeah. No, pe- people are coming out there and... Uh, uh, and that's that is what they're looking for. It's, it's a matter of letting that market know that we're there, uh, because people uh, do want. People are looking for that. I mean, there are those who want the beach. I, I wouldn't mind a, a beach for a week right now either. But uh, it's it is a special place. One one of the two two I'll, I'll call them micro markets that we really tapped during the. Uh, uh, COVID and that is uh, Goose Bay and Corner Brook because for people from those places it's a long weekend. They can drive down and spend two nights in Battle Harbour and be home the next day you know so it's uh, it, it's, it's a short little it's, it's not as far off the beaten path for these people you know uh, no, indeed. Uh, it's a nice little road trip, I would think. And you get to get a ferry in there, too. If you're coming from uh, Corner Brook, uh, it's part of the adventure. It's part of the adventure oh, really? is, is getting there. Well, that's it. And, uh, you know, and the people who are not from Newfoundland uh, and Labrador, uh, that ferry across, they could see humpback whales on there. You could see it on our ferry, too. But, I mean, it's uh, depending on when they're coming. If they're in June, they might be seeing icebergs on that part. That's they're not paying for that that's just an added bonus you know I want to ask you about planning for the summer months when we come back after the break. Our guest today on On Target is uh, the executive director of the Battle Harbor Historic Trust, Peter Bull. We'll be back right after this. Your VOCM Mornings with Jerry Lynn Mackey and Ben Murphy, 5.30 to 9 a.m. weekdays on your VOCM. Our guest today on On Target is the executive director of the Battle Harbor Historic Trust, Peter Bull. And uh, Peter, we've been talking a lot about uh, Battle Harbor and the like, but uh, what does somebody need to know if they're planning a trip to Battle Harbor? What do they need to know? Well, they need to know, like I said, some of the things, there's no cell service and all that, but, uh, you know, it, one, one of the things right now, the way our ferry leaves, uh, our passenger ferry leaves at uh, uh, 11 in the morning to come out to the island, 
so anybody coming from the island re- from Newfoundland uh, really needs to spend a night in southern Labrador first, which is great because it gives them a chance to see Red Bay and uh, Point of Moor Lighthouse and, and, and these wonderful places down there that you, you can't drive by. Uh, but then, uh, so anybody coming out, they're going to get our passenger ferry out. They'll have uh, have their meal. Then they get to do uh, an opportunity to do a, a, a walking tour with one of our staff who grew up on the island. So there's that authenticity again. You know, you got somebody who lived the place. You can ask them questions about that house and that rock if you want to. Uh, they, they'll spend that afternoon uh, doing that, and then there's supper. And after that, uh, we have the loft uh, where we have a bar, and uh, uh, you know you can sit down and relax. If, if you're lucky enough to be there when we have some local entertainment, that's great. But if we don't, and you can play a guitar or uh, any musical instruments like that, we're, we're getting a new uh, uh, electronic piano i'm not musically inclined but this year so there's it's really great in the evenings if uh, we have guests who just want to get up and jam and and it's happened many times last summer which was really really great uh, so then you have your night in one of our incredible beds uh, tucked in and under the quilts and uh, you get up next morning and have your uh breakfast and we recommend that people stay at least two nights because if you're only there one night the ferry leaves at nine in the morning and that's your trip so you really need another day then to you know explore the island we've got a two kilometer walking path around the island you can go back and look at the exhibits you can go for a hike on great caribou island or you know one of the most beautiful hiking trails i've done a lot of hiking in my life and this uh the the arch to tickle we call it hike it takes you to a, a raised sea arch and across the island a uh, great caribou island and uh you can take a look for arctic fox which we have there and whales and icebergs and all these things and if you're there in august of course there's always uh, the potential to pick bake apples just don't pick mine uh and fair enough uh, <laughs> you're, consider yourself warned <laughs> mine had the tags on uh the uh, uh but uh you know and 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 it gives you that time to to breathe if, if you're just there for one night just you know you're there and you're gone and and, and everybody who does it says oh i should wish i had been Stayed, stayed overnight again. So it's generally two nights that gives you an extra day to do that, and you have another wonderful meal, and uh, and then you come back. And and the, uh, the way we work at Battle Harbor is we try to keep it as simple as we can, you know, sustainability and everything. So we have uh, when you book with us, you can go to uh, check it out on battleharbor.com, and you can uh, do a pricing plan there. Uh, but so it, uh, your package includes your meals and your ferry accommodation and uh you know just an incredible stay in in, in battle harbor and that uh uh so it's just one price there and uh, the the meals are uh known as uh, elevated comfort food so it's really good food the cooks we have are incredible uh and uh, you get to eat in one of the historic buildings a salmon store you know, so it's a, it's a, it's a really really great experience like that. Oh, and importantly, because everybody hears about uh, black flies and mosquitoes in Labrador, they're not an issue in Battle Harbor because we're out on the point, and there's always wind and not the right habitat. So in 11 years, I've never put on any fly spray or anything at all. So 
you don't you don't have to worry about that when you you come out to to Battle Harbor. I'm glad you mentioned that because I think a lot of people that was that would be their perception. Oh, Labrador in the summer, oh, it's going to be flies. But like you say, now Newfoundlanders are accustomed to that. If you're out in an open area and they're near the wind, the the water and the wind is breezing up, you're not going to get any flies. No, and 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 I mentioned you know the temperatures. We're we're always we're always about. Seven to ten degrees cooler than the, in the bay, anyway. So it's uh, you know, it, it's it's pleasant out there all the time. It can be cold. Make sure you bring a sweater and a hat because it, if it's, it's like anywhere in Newfoundland, Labrador, in summer, the weather can change as quick as that. But I have to say, last last summer was really incredible. We had a, a wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, summer for weather. And uh, you know, there's there's we have things to do like uh, uh, we could take you out. Uh, Cod jigging, or we had boat tours, and uh, one of the neat things we have that nobody else has is the most easterly point in continental North America. Now, Cape Spear says it's the most easterly point in North America, but we have the most easterly point in continental North America, which means you can walk from there to Vancouver. Uh, you're on the continent, and that's at Cape St. Charles, and we can bring you out there, and you can get the bragging right to being at the most easterly point in continental North America. Now, you mentioned Cape St. Charles, and I know that there is a, a beautiful old building there, the Pie House. Uh, any plans on restoring that one or expanding the Battle Harbor Historic Trust's jurisdiction, if you will? Well, we actually handed that back to uh, the Pies. Uh, it, it, it was a matter of, uh, you know, we, we've got to focus on what we have there now. And, and as I mentioned earlier, it's, you know, it's all we can do to, to keep these buildings together. And uh, expanding out there was just a little bit beyond our reach. And, and the Pies took it back. Uh, a few, that was a few years ago. But that is a beautiful old building. And uh, uh, it, 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 it'd be a shame. But that, when we take people out there, they do get to see that house from the outside anyway in, in the Cape St. Charles. So we only have about two minutes left, but uh, no doubt there, a lot of planning goes into uh, during the winter months goes into the you know what you're going to be doing now in the summer. So is it is it a busy time? Do you do you have a bookings now? Yeah, the bookings are starting to come in. Uh, I, I see them come up on my uh, my uh, computer every day. We have a, a booking manager, Annette, uh, who is fabulous at you know getting people set up and everything like that. But uh, so we have we have they're picking up every day. But we do have twelve bus tours and a wedding and a couple of other uh, you know. Uh, five wing goose bay is coming out so I mean we, we do anybody with a small group wants to do a conference or something in the summer it's it's uh, really good we're open from June uh, the 9th to September 10th we're staying open an extra few days this this year just to see if we can extend our season uh, a little bit but uh, you know go online go on check out battleharbor.com and and check it out. And in terms of busy, yeah, I, I work for a board of directors, and we've got different committees. So there's there's plenty of work to be done, uh, and uh, you know, really strong uh, board of directors uh, that uh, you know are are setting the path and making sure that this place is you know still working hard in another 50 years. So, and the wedding must be an awful exciting thing to be planning for. Well, I'm not planning for it, but uh, but you know it is it is a really special place. You don't you don't come out to Battle Harbor. You have to come out to Battle Harbor realizing if the hair dryer goes, you might be stuck. We had a wedding a few years ago, and uh, 
oh, what the the lady had to, the the bride had to find an iron to iron her dress, and you know, it, it, it it's uh, for a small. We we only have about thirty two people a night. That's you know we can uh, that's what our ferry can take. So you know forty forty people. So it'd be a small wedding, and it's very special. But the the last wedding we had out there actually was on the wharf, not in the church, and uh, that was a really beautiful beautiful wedding. Well, Peter, we wish you all the best now in the summer ahead. Uh, Peter Bull is the executive director of the Battle Harbor Historic Trust, and people who are interested can simply uh, seek it out on battleharbor.com. Is that correct? That's correct. Super. Peter, thanks very much. Thank you very much, Linda. I hope to see you up there this summer. I'd love to make it. I'd love to make it. That's It's on my bucket list. Honest to goodness. Make it happen. Make it happen. <laughs> Will do. Thank you. And we'll be back tomorrow. Do join us then. And uh, thanks for listening. Stay warm.